إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون Dear Muslims, twice in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions a concept that translates as the days of Allah. The Arabic is ayyamillah. And in both of these verses, both times, the context of these verses is the context of punishment and pain and suffering. The concept of worldly, dunyawi pain and suffering. Where Allah tells the believers something about ayyamillah, the days of Allah. So in today's khutbah, in light of the political circumstances of the globe, let us go back to the Qur'an and let us see what are these things that Allah calls the days of Allah, the ayyam of Allah. Twice in the Qur'an, the first of them, Surah Ibrahim. In the sixth verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا مُوسَى بِآيَاتِنَا We sent Moses with our miracles. We sent the Prophet Moses to the great, to the evil Pharaoh. We sent him to the Bani Israel, the children of Israel. And we gave him miracles and signs. And we said to him, أَنْ أَخْرِجْ قَوْمَكَ مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ إِلَى النُّورِ Your job, O Moses, is to take your people from darkness into light. وَذَكِّرْهُمْ بِأَيَّامِ And remind your people about the days of God. Ayyamillah. Remind your people about the days of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِكُلِّ صَبَّارٍ شَكُورٍ In the days of Allah, in these ayyam are many signs, many motifs, many points of wisdom to those who are extremely patient and to those who are extremely grateful. This is the first time that Allah mentions this concept known as Ayyamullah. What is the Ayyam of Allah? What are the days of Allah? Because clearly, the days of Allah are not our days. Clearly, as Allah says, وَإِنَّ يَوْمًا عِنْدَ رَبِّكَ كَأَلْفِ سَنَةٍ مِمَّا تَعُدُّونَ A day in the eyes of Allah is like a thousand of your years. So Allah's time, that Allah Azza wa Jal conceives of time is different than how we conceive of time. So when Allah says, my days, ayyamillah, it is not like our days. What does it mean, the days of Allah? Our scholars, Ibn Abbas and others, they mention, the days of Allah are the positive and the negative lessons we learn from history. The days of Allah, ayyamillah, are the blessings Allah gives to the righteous and the punishments Allah gives to the wicked. The ayyam Allah are literally, we can say in modern English, lessons from history. Allah is saying, O oh Moses, go teach your people two things. Number one, that what is dhulumat and nur, what is jahiliyyah and what is tawheed, what is shirk and what is iman. Teach them spirituality. Teach them the purpose of life. Teach them what it means to be a believer. And number two, remind them of the lessons of history. وَذَكِّرْهُمْ بِأَيَّامِ اللَّهِ and remember, when did Moses go to his people? When did Moses go to the children of Israel? He went when the children of Israel were being persecuted, the most severe persecution. Allah Azza wa Jal mentions that the Pharaoh would persecute you ashadd al-adhab. He would be the most severe.
severe against you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that yuqattiluna abna'akum. He would slaughter your sons in front of your eyes. Imagine, O Muslims, the terrible scene where the army of the Pharaoh comes. You've just delivered a newborn baby infant and you can do nothing. The army snatches this child and the army slaughters this child. The people of Pharaoh innocently kill these innocent children, not in the tens, not in the hundreds, in the thousands. Imagine the pain. Imagine the humiliation. Imagine the powerlessness that the children of Israel would have felt. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds the children of Israel, وَلَقَدْ نَجَّيْنَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ مِنَ الْعَذَابِ الْمُهِينَ we saved you, O children of Israel, from the humiliating lives you used to live. Allah reminds the children of Israel, you lived عذابٍ muheen. You were persecuted and you were humiliated. So you were both physically tortured and you were mentally tortured. And Allah says, we saved you from that. مِن فِرْعَوْنِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ عَالِيًا مِنَ الْمُسْرِفِينَ We saved you from Fir'aun, who was the worst of all tyrants. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that the Pharaoh فَاسْتَكْبَرُوا وَكَانُوا قَوْمًا عَالِيمٌ The Pharaoh was so arrogant, he had no humanity and he would transgress against all bounds of decency. He would do what nobody had done before him. Allah says to Musa, اِذْهَبْ إِلَى فِرْعَوْنَ إِنَّهُ طَغَى Go to Fir'aun, he has transgressed beyond anyone else. He has done the inhumanity that nobody before him has done. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the arrogance of Pharaoh was known to everybody. He would say, We are above the children of Israel. We can do anything we want to them and nobody can stop us from doing what we want to them. This is when Allah sent Moses to the children of Israel. When the children of Israel had no hope, when they had no army, when they had no power, they were ethnically different from the oppressors and occupiers. They were humiliated and tortured. Not a single government on earth cared about the children of Israel. They were persecuted and abandoned. They were left to themselves. And Allah said, remember, I saved you when nobody could save you. I saved you when the world abandoned you, when you were being persecuted, when you had no army. I was the one who saved you from the evils of Fir'aun, of the Pharaoh. And of course, Allah describes the Pharaoh as being employing the greatest armies and employing the worst media tactics. He would send his his nadirs, his warners, he would send his, his media experts, the PR spinners, and they would go to the cities and towns, and they would say to the people of the cities and towns that, O oh people of Egypt, I am scared that these evil people, meaning the children of Israel, are going to corrupt your pure minds. I am scared. Fir'aun, the evil Fir'aun, actually flipped the script. Rather than showing himself as the oppressor rather than showing himself as the source of evil he accused the children of Israel of being the source of evil and the Fir'aun as the Quran tells us he sent criers Fir'aun sent the PR experts the media the news all of them were around and they said these people these are despised and abandoned people they are wanting to change your lifestyle they are against our beautiful ways and our beautiful source of life and they are 
going to corrupt you. So Allah Azza wa Jal describes the children of Israel in a way that we see the reality, the irony, how the oppressed has now become the oppressor. How Allah describes the Pharaoh and every single description of the Pharaoh, it applies to the very biological descendants of those whom the Pharaoh persecuted. In our times, the script has been flipped. In our times, the people who once upon a time were persecuted by the Pharaoh are now enacting the exact same persecutions of the Pharaoh. From the oppressed, they have become the oppressor. And that is why, O oh Muslims, the Quran has no story in more detail and in more quantity than the story of Moses and Fir'aun. Think about it. Ask yourselves, why in the whole Quran, the most oft-frequented story, the story that is mentioned more than 40 times in the Quran, and no other story has been mentioned even close to this number is the story of Fir'aun and Musa. Why? Because the benefits from this story are eternal. Because there's no other ummah before us that we can benefit from as much the good and the bad, the positive and the negative as we can from the story of Fir'aun and Musa. And that's why Allah says, O oh Moses, when you go to the children of Israel, teach them history. Teach them the oppressor will never win. The oppressor will always lose in the end. O oh Moses, Moses, teach the children of Israel that those who are oppressed will one day become free, no matter how powerful the tyrannical regimes might be, no matter how evil, no matter how much media they have, one day those who are oppressed for my sake, I shall set them free. This is very clear in the Quran. Allah says in the Quran, We wanted to favor those who were persecuted. We wanted to bless those who were persecuted. Notice, Allah is saying, We wanted to bless those who were in the lower camp. We wanted to make them higher. We would make them the leaders and we would make them the inheritors. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us through the story of Musa, through the story of Fir'aun, that those who are oppressed today a time will come when they shall overcome the shackles of oppression. Those that are oppressed in the name of Allah today, it doesn't matter what armies they have and don't have. It doesn't matter what media they have or don't have. Those who are oppressed for the sake of Allah, those who are tortured in the name of Allah, those who are persecuted for their faith, it is the ayyam Allah, the sunnah of Allah. It is the lesson we learn from history that the oppressed will one day be free. Allah does not allow oppression to flourish. The children of Israel, they were persecuted not for 10 years, not for 20 years, not for 80, 90 years. They were persecuted for 300 years. Three centuries they were persecuted. They were enslaved. They were tortured. They were literally killed. The babies were killed. How long could they last? Allah says, no, one day a time will come when you shall be free. And Allah sent Musa to them to set them free. This is what Ayyamullah means. The children of Israel are told to know the days of Allah, to know the lessons of history. It is now our job to tell the descendants of those children of Israel they had better learn from their own history. They had better learn from their own history. Have they become blind to their own transgressions? Have they not seen what happens when you oppress, when you plunder, when you pillage, when you kill, when you keep on killing and killing and killing? 
Look at your own history, O children of Israel, and see what our Lord and your Lord did to those who oppressed the believers. Once upon a time, you were oppressed, and now the tide has changed, and you have become oppressors. Once upon a time, it was the Pharaoh who used the tactics that you are using today. Every single tactic that the Bible and the Quran ascribes to the Pharaoh, I repeat, every single tactic every single methodology it is now being used by the modern descendants of the people who were once oppressed by the pharaoh and allah says "O oh muslims it's our job to remind people of history and so that's what i'm doing today and i want all of us to do continually as we keep on trying our best to change the situation this is the first verse in which Allah mentions the days of Allah and the concept once again is the lessons of history that Allah rewards those who are oppressed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses those who are persecuted and that Allah azza wa jal will deal with those who are oppressors and those who per per perpetuate the persecution Allah says in the Quran that Fir'aun sent forth all of these criers. Fir'aun said, these are outcasts. These are renegades. They're a small number of people. They have done things that anger us. Notice, Fir'aun's the one killing. Fir'aun's the one pillaging. Fir'aun is the one surrounding. And Fir'aun has the audacity to say, you guys provoked us. You can quote Fir'aun and apply it to the modern apartheid regime and what they say about Palestinians. You can literally quote from the Quran what Fir'aun is saying. It's your fault we're killing you. It's your fault we're surrounding you. You are the ones who enraged us. Literally, I say to you, I've said this from this mimbar, and I say it today again. You read the Quran and literally every verse that Allah mentions about the Fir'aun, it is as if the tactics of the modern apartheid repressive regime are being described. So Fir'aun says, it's your fault this is happening not mine you transgressed against us not the other way around and we're going to take our we're going to take our uh, our uh, warnings against them and we're going to surround them Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says don't worry O children of Israel in the Quran Allah says O children of Israel just wait when Fir'aun will leave we we will take care of you and we will give you what you once aspired to have however once they have gotten what they wanted Allah Azza wa Jal has shown the reality of what is in their hearts rather than being thankful rather than being grateful they have flipped the script and they have taken the path of Fir'aun so this is the first time that Allah mentions Ayyamullah the second time that Allah mentions Ayyamullah is Surah Al-Jathiyah and this surah was revealed when the Muslims were being persecuted in Mecca, when the Quraysh were killing Muslims for no reason other than they said, La ilaha illallah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed in that very difficult circumstance, Tell the believers they should overlook what these people who do not believe in the days of Allah are doing. Overlook it because a time will come that Allah Azza will give them what they deserve. In other words, in this verse, Allah is saying, O believers, you believe in the ayam of Allah. And the ones who persecute you don't believe in the ayam of Allah. So Allah is saying, don't worry. Those who don't believe in the days of Allah, I shall take care of them. And I will give them what they deserve. 
Now, in this context, Ayyamullah takes on a slightly different meaning. And it means Yawm al-Deen, Yawm al-Qiyamah. It means the hereafter. So Ayyamullah becomes the days of Allah in the hereafter. Allah is saying, O Muslims who are persecuted, O Muslims who do not have any defense, O Muslims who are literally being killed for out, for out, without any legitimate cause, my comfort to you is just wait. A time will come when Allah will take care of the very people who do not look forward to his days. Now, this ayah, it only applies to those Muslims who do not have any mechanism to fight back. And for those, the consolation can be given. This is not a defeatist verse. No ayah in the Quran just says, go ahead and let people attack you and die. That's not what the Quran is saying. What the Quran is saying, O oh Muslims who don't have the, the, the strength to fight, O oh Muslims who don't have the wherewithal to defend yourselves, don't worry. You believe in the days of Allah and those people don't believe in the days of Allah and I will bless those who believe in my days meaning the, the, day, the day of judgment the akhirah Jannah and Naar and those who reject my days they will see the reality of what they have done so this is simply an uplifting this is simply a spiritual means of making a sense of optimism when there is no more optimism that people can have and so O Muslims these are the two times that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions Ayyamullah the first of them, it means lessons from history. We go back to the past and we see never does oppression flourish. Allah does not bless any oppressor. Allah does not bless any zalim. Wallahu la yuhibbul fasad. And Allah Azza wa Jal never gives success to those that are evil in the long run. This is Ayyamullah in the first verse. And in the second verse, Ayyamullah means there's always something to look forward to. Even if in this world, Sahaba die, the Mushrikun kill the Muslims of Quraysh, the, the Quraysh kill the Muslims, still there is something to look forward to and that is the day of judgment. O Muslims, as we see what is happening and the situation of our brothers and sisters in Gaza and Palestine when the situation has gone from bad to worse. Wallahi, we thought we had seen the worst of it. And yet, subhanAllah, yesterday, as you're aware, over 110 women and children primarily were shot as they're waiting for food. They're already starving. People are literally starving to death. Oh Muslims, it is shocking. We thought we had seen the worst. And yet, what is happening now even words do not describe. How can a child die of lack of food and malnutrition in the modern world? How can video footage and pictures be shown that literally evoke what happened to World War II and how those prisoners were like bones. We saw those pictures in World War II and we said never again. What Hitler did to people, including the descendants of the children of Israel, he starved them, he put them in concentration camps. Literally, we saw the pictures in, in black and white and we thought that's never gonna happen again. We're never gonna see skeletons like this. And now we see images coming from Gaza, children, women like skeletons. Skeletons. Children are dying because they don't have food to eat and the whole world is watching brothers and sisters Wallahi, I can do nothing except remind ourselves of that dua that our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said in the incident of Ta'if, it is a dua that comes from the heart. It is a dua that is the epitome of accepting Allah's decree, complaining to Allah, asking Allah for a change. And remember, when did Ta'if happen? 
Ta'if happened when the Prophet ﷺ, in many ways, it was really the lowest part of his difficult you know, journey. When our mother Aisha asked him, what was the most difficult day of your life? What was the day that was the most difficult day? He himself said, it was the day of Ta'if. That was the most difficult day of my life. That day, he had no army. He had no supporters in this world. He had lost his wife Khadija five weeks ago. He had lost his uncle Abu Talib a week ago. He had lost the two people who he loved the most and who loved him the most. He had no support in this dunya. And he goes to the people of Ta'if. And what happens to him happens. The humiliation, the physical pain, the mental pain, the anguish, the torture. Never in the seerah has it been so difficult as it was on the day of Ta'if. And as he exits Ta'if, his whole body is bleeding. The blood is coming and seeping into his shoes. He doesn't have a single protector after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he raises his hands and he makes this dua. And this is the dua that has come to mind when I see what is happening in Gaza. Allahumma ilayka ashku da'fa quwwati wa qillata hawani ala nas. Oh Allah, to you I complain of my weakness and of my lack of support and of my humiliation amongst the people. Wallahi, what humiliation is there? What humiliation is there greater than this humiliation? An ummah of one and a half billion. And we can't even help innocent children and women starving in front of our eyes. What greater humiliation is there? And our Prophet wasallam cried out to Allah, Anta Rabbul Mustad'afeen. Notice, you are the Lord of those who are weak and oppressed. At that time of lowness, at the time of pain, he said, Ya Rabb, I am Mustad'af and you are my Rabb. I have no one else to help me other than you. I am hurt. I have been persecuted. Anta Rabbul Mustad'afeen. And you are the Rabb of those who are in tragedy. Wa Anta Rabbi. And you are my Rabb, O oh Allah. And he cries out to Allah. He does what is called shakwa, a complaining to Allah. And complaining to Allah is the sign of Iman. Because you should only complain to Allah and not to the creation. And so our Prophet wasallam says, Ila man takiluni. Who are you handing me over to? Who is there to protect me? Ila man takiruni? Who is there that is going to help me? Ila aduwin yatajahamuni? Are you giving me to my enemy who is going to give me hostility? Aw ila aduwin malaktahu amri? Or to an enemy that is going to have power over me? Who am I going to go to, O oh Allah? I don't have anybody. And this is exactly what we see in our brothers and sisters in Gaza. Who can they go to? Not a single Muslim country, not a single of our leaders even has the spine to speak out. The fact of the matter is, in the majority of our Muslim lands, you cannot even make dua for the people of Gaza. How much humiliation in Muslim lands. You cannot protest in Muslim lands. The people have have said no support for the people of Palestine. Could we ever have imagined? Could we ever have imagined a time and a place where Muslim leaders are telling their own populations, you cannot support the people of Gaza? What utter humiliation. What a bunch of incompetent losers that we have in charge of us. And to Allah we complain. And if it shows anything, it shows us we cannot rely on any power. We cannot rely on any entity other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the worst of them all, and we have to say this bluntly, is our own government of a su supposed superpower. The very least of words that come from their mouths to condemn these killings. Yesterday, at least one government of the Muslim land 
France said to the UN, condemn the killing of children who are lining up for food. Just issue a condemnation that you shouldn't be killing people as you starve them to death. And our country, the only country that did this, vetoed the bill to simply condemn. Can you believe? And here we are sitting not knowing what to do. So we go back to this dua. What can we do, O oh Allah? What can we do? Allahumma ilayka ashku da'fa quwwati. O oh Allah, to you we complain of our weakness. To you we complain of our incompetence. To, we, you, to you we complain of our humiliation. Who can we turn to, O oh Allah? There is no one to turn to except you. And so, O oh Allah, we turn to you because only you can help us. Only you can give us aid. And if this issue issue of Gaza has not opened our eyes to this reality. Not a single entity in this world is able to stand up. Not a single power, not a single country, not a single government. And here we have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, O oh Muslims, cut off your hope of any aid from any power, from any regime, from any government, from any dynasty, from any kingdom, and put your trust and put your hope in Allah. Because the one who saved Moses and the children of, of Moses, the children of Israel, the one who save them from the Pharaoh. He is the one that will save the modern believers in Allah, the modern followers of Musa and the prophets from the modern Pharaoh. And as the story teaches us, you don't need an army when you have Allah. You don't need an army when Allah is on your side. When we put our trust in Allah and we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it doesn't matter if the ocean is in front of us and the armies are behind us. It doesn't matter if the whole media is against us. It doesn't matter if not a single power on earth helps us when the real believers turn to Allah then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will split the very ocean in front of them and Allah will send armies from places they never expected and Allah will help them from sources they never even understood so O Muslims learn from the ayam of Allah learn from the days of Allah learn from history learn from the seerah and let these incidents and let these issues be a call for us to awaken to enlighten our spirits and to be true believers in Allah may Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless me and you with and through the Quran and may he make us of those who its verses they understand and applies halal and haram throughout our span. I ask Allah's forgiveness. You as well ask him for his the ghafoor and the Rahman. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah al-wahid al-ahad al-samad. الذي لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد وبعده. Oh Muslims, the month of Ramadan is about to come upon us. One week and that's it. And as quickly as we're anticipating, we all know for some of us this is our 60th, 70th Ramadan. For others it is our first that we're going to be fasting. But wherever your age, we all know how quickly the month comes and how quickly the month goes. Today I'm telling you that Ramadan is around the corner and wallahi in the twinkling of an eye you will be hearing it is Eid announcements and Ramadan is gone. But I want to make a special appeal to myself and all of you. A special appeal in light of what is happening in the world. If you are not intending to make this Ramadan the best Ramadan of your whole lives, if you are not absorbing the pain around the globe, the reality of humiliation, and then accepting that Allah has given us the opportunity to worship. Allah has given us the opportunity to turn to Him, to cleanse ourselves, to pray, to fast, to reconnect with our religion. If you are not understanding this, then wallahi, when else will you understand? So I am appealing to every one of you from now, 
No matter what you did in the past, no matter how your lives were, and even if you're righteous or you thought you were righteous, this Ramadan is the Ramadan to raise your bar. This Ramadan is the best Ramadan of your lives. That's what your niyyah should be. I want to do in this Ramadan what I have never done in any Ramadan before. Aim high. Our brothers and sisters don't even have food to eat. They're literally being massacred in food lines. So in this Ramadan, I appeal to all of you to first and foremost cleanse your heart of any arrogance any kibr, any ghil, any hasad, any hiqt. Purify your hearts of any evil. Make it pure for the sake of Allah. Secondly, strive in your rituals. Strive in your worship. Try your best to do as much as you can. Thirdly, and I know this is difficult, but wallahi, O Muslims, wallahi, in light of what is going on, we cannot be extravagant in our iftaris. We cannot be spending tens of thousands when children are literally starving because they don't have food to eat. Have some shame and haya. I'm sorry, I don't want to burst your beautiful times of Ramadan, but cut back a little bit be a little bit yes do iftari but tell the people we'll have a simple meal and i'm dedicating 20 30 40 percent for the people of gaza do this and people will be happy with you wallahi they're going to be happy just lower a little bit of the expenses and send spend upon the people of gaza the least we can do keep them in our hearts and minds we are voluntarily giving up 13 hours of food and water they have not had pure water clean water for weeks on end they have not had food for allah knows how long so in this month of Ramadan be simple to the level that is acceptable I understand we don't want to ruin the children's you know what not that's understandable but tone down a little bit for the sake of our brothers and sisters in Gaza and announce to the people hey look usually we have these types but now we're gonna spend some percentage on the people of Gaza so make something of a sacrifice in your own lives and whatever you're gonna spend on the events you're gonna do cut back even 20 30 40 percent if not more and say I'm gonna give this much to Gaza and the rest we're gonna be doing here in our houses so also brothers and sisters in this month reconnect to your Lord in dua in dhikr the masjids are one of the best and the most beautiful places to in order to come close to Allah make coming to the masjid a part of your routine Salat al-Fajr Salat al-Isha are more important than Salat al-Taraweeh to be very honest here a lot of us we come for Taraweeh that's great Salat al-Fajr is more important to pray in Jama'ah than Salat al-Taraweeh so if you have to choose between the two honestly it's a no-brainer every scholar of fiqh will tell you Salat al-Fajr is more important Still, if you can do both better than that, pray taraweeh at home or in the masjid. Turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Cleanse your heart. Be aware of the ummah. Make dua to Allah and realize that sometimes victory is delayed, but it is never canceled. Sometimes victory might be postponed. This is the sunnah of Allah. We learn it from ayyamillah. Sometimes victory might be postponed, but victory is always given to the believers. Allah has decreed that I shall be victorious and my prophets and those who follow them Allah and the believers of Allah will always be victorious we need to be amongst the believers and Allah will write victory for us Allahumma inni da'in fa'aminu Allahumma la tada'a fi hal yawmi dhamban illa ghafarta wala hamman illa farrajta wala daynan illa qadayta wala maridan illa shafayta wala asiran illa yassarta Allahumma aghfir lana wa li ikhwanin alladhina sabakuna bil iman wala taj'a fi qulubina ghillan lilladhina amanu rabbana innaka raufur rahim اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر أهل غزة اللهم 
أفرغ عليهم صبرا اللهم ثبتهم اللهم انصرهم على عدوك وعدوهم يا قوي يا عزيز عباد الله إن الله تعالى أمركم بأمر بدأ به بنفسه وثنى بملائكة قدسه وثلث بكم أيها المؤمنون من جنه وإنسه فقال عز من قائل عليما إن الله وملائكه يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك وأنعم على عبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين عباد الله إن الله تعالى يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله العظيم يذكركم واشكروه يزد لكم ولذكر الله تعالى أكبر وأقم الصلاة فيا ذلي ويا خجلي إذا ما قال لي ربي أما استحييته تعصيني ولا تخشى من العتب وتخفي الذنب عن خلقي وتأبى في الهوى قربي فتب مما جنيت عسى تعود إلى رضا